hello, 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 hello. Welcome to another episode of The Fractured Brain. I'm your host, Jeff Abai, a.k.a. Jamiki Brown II. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. The date is September 11th, 2022. And, um... Yeah, it's the anniversary, I guess, of um, quite a tragic event that happened here. And uh, certainly want to remember those um, that uh, perished in um, such a terrible way on what happened um, on September 11th in 2001. I think that's all I'll say about that. I could get more into it, but we certainly want to keep things light and uh, not to let this turn into sadness. I want to welcome everybody to Season 3, Episode 1. And um, I'm going to continue the style in which uh, the fractured brain has begun or when it began it's just a place for me to um air my thoughts etc now um this season i'm actually going to try to bring on guests and uh have a little fun with it and um there's a few that i really really want to get on here um and uh, I'm just going to have to figure a way to be able to do it um, where it'll audibly sound good and um, and uh, make it happen. It'll be cool. So, again, thank you so much for uh, joining today. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, know this. There's usually no script and certainly no... Uh, topic it's just kind of whatever happens happens Um, usually when I you know hit record there are things in my head that I want to tackle sometimes I do and sometimes I don't sometimes I just forget because I go off on a tangent about something else so but um, yeah so that's where we're at um I really, when I, when I logged on and, and, uh, saw the date, I thought to myself, wow, I didn't realize and, uh, could have, uh, prepared a little more, but, uh, that's okay. That's okay. So, um, all right. So where do we go? Where do we go? So I'm looking over emails <laughs> and uh, I received quite a few this past week and, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, dive too much into this um, because it could just get incredibly annoying, um, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you, um, 
I guess there was some sort of big metal festival in Ohio um, over uh, last weekend, not not this weekend, and uh, just so many emails. You know, I, I, if it was like two or three, I'd be like, eh, who cares? Um, but I mean, it was over twenty-five, and um, and also multiple texts from people that have my phone number, um, including patrons that made their way to the show. And, uh, you know, the big question, you know, why didn't Deliverance play? And my response is, as I think I said something about it on an episode or two ago, is we weren't invited. So, you know, we don't go where we're not invited. And... I'm not going to go and try to crash anybody's party. That's not what I do. Um, that's that's just the way I've always done things. So, um, but uh, certainly, you know, entertain. Uh, you know, we will always entertain any uh, invite to play. Um, Deliverance kind of has been relegated now. I told the members when we got back from Europe that I'd like to keep us to uh, international dates uh, for now. Um, and there would be no plans for recording or anything like that as I want to concentrate on Jepabai. I want to concentrate on the solo career. And with the release of the Eraserhead album, my uh, debut solo album, um... And yes, that's the name of the album, not not a band, not a title. It's just the name of the album. Um, I told him I wanted to concentrate a little more on that. And uh, that was when we also uh, decided that if we did do shows, uh, we would be probably using Manny. Um, as, you know, I jam well with Manny and, and uh, he's was a longtime member of Deliverance. Um, so uh, we all we all agreed and, you know, everybody's cool. You know, uh, I talk with Glenn. I talk with Jim all the time. Um, talk with Manny all the time. And Manny, you know, playing on my solo project. And then Jim um, lends his talents to many of my uh, my Patreon stuff. So, um, whenever I record a single that requires live drums, um, and that I want Jim's flavor on, I, I give him a call and, um, but, um, yeah, we didn't receive any invites. So like I said, I don't crash anybody's party and it's all good. So got multiple reports of how the show went and, how things went and all this other stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, um, but I don't know why we weren't invited, nor do I care. Um, you know, I think it's pretty out there that I'm extremely easy to get a hold of. I'm not a man of mystery and nor am I hiding in the shadows or anything like that. Um, everybody knows my email address, Jimmy B. Brown, the second at gmail.com or JPBII, Jabhabai now at gmail.com and you could simply just go to jepabai.com jpbii.com 
and go to contact and it hits both emails. So whatever's sent to me, there you go. <sighs> so, uh, there's no mystery of how to contact me. So whatever we're asked to do, we will weigh the price, weigh the cost and see if it, uh, can be possible. And then if we can, and we want to, then we'll do, um, but, uh, yeah, that is the only reason we didn't go. That's the only reason we didn't perform is we weren't invited. So there you go. Um, but, um, along with, um, those questions, <laughs> we're, uh, 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 and I know I've talked to other artists and, and some, get, you know, reasonable amounts of hate mail. Um, for some reason, I, I, I tend to get a lot and, and, and they come in spurts. They don't happen all the time. Um, which has been nice because there was a number of years where it was just, it just seemed like every time I opened up my email box and uh, anything music or deliverance related was just hate mail. And, um, so it's kind of nice that it's, it's uh, tapered off, but kind of renewed with this uh, festival thing. And um, one particular guy in, 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 in particular was just so hateful. And, you know, I, I always ignore things like that. You guys know, I've, I've said it before, I, I don't tend to read my own reviews uh, of records or concerts or anything like that. Cause a, I don't want to believe my own press if it's good. And B, I don't want to, um, get lost in anger or whatever, or sadness over a negative review. So, um, so it's just best to not pay attention unless my attention is called like, you know, I mean, at a, at a urging of a band member to read something, then I'll, I'll do it. But that's why one of the reasons, like when I, when we do Facebook live or anything like that, I usually don't respond to a lot of the things because, because I know I'm going to read something ridiculous or negative or dumb and it's just the way it is. Um, so, um, I just responded to this fellow and said, you know, what have I ever done to you to cause you to exude so much hate toward me? I mean, because I, I mean, I look at the name, I don't know who it is and I don't know if they're being anonymous or whatever. And, and, um, and so he responded and, and it, he didn't respond right away, but it, it took him a few days, but he finally did. And he said, you know, you know, me amongst many, you know, have hate for you because, you know, you forsook metal. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, you guys are like decades late, but sure. Um, and, and, and I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it personally. And, um, so I just, you know, for giggles, I, I go on to this person's social media and I, I couldn't help but laugh, but on, on the individual's Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter and he talks nothing about, but he only talks about the love of Jesus and the power of metal and, you know, all these goofy metal bands that he loves and all this other stuff. And, and, and I just looked and I'm like, okay, so, so many references to the love of Jesus and how he loves everything Jesus and loves everything about the Bible and, and, uh, calls himself a, an incredibly devout Christian and, and all this other stuff. But with me, use the word hate. And, you know, it wasn't anything about, oh, well, you know, you changed your lyrical scheme or, you know, I've read that you studied other religions or I've, I've read that you forsook Christianity. No, n- nothing like that. He has hate for me. Amongst other people that he knows that have hate for me. Because I forsook metal. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, again, in that mode, I decided to go ahead and group all the collective hate mail. And decide to go look at all these people's profiles and see if they're real people. And, and, um, yeah, and... I mean, it's it's hilarious how almost identical everyone has this thing, you know, where they love Jesus and they want to spread the love of Jesus and they all love metal and they hate me. <laughs> and why? Because I forsook metal. So... When I decided to go down the solo record route and, 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 and I decided that a long time ago, to be honest with you, I, I, um, when I released the first fearful symmetry record, you know, and I've gone through this in other podcasts and, and even other interviews, but I'll, I'll repeat it. So when I decided to go with the solo route, it was, um, it was fear and cowardice that that made me not use my name, um, because you know I figured it's easier to have a band to blame for it if you know if it's not well received, if it's lousy, if it's this, blah blah blah. So, and more importantly, I realized lately that it's because I really didn't want to be um, accused of forsaking metal and. And that's one of the reasons why, like, on the first Fearful Symmetry record, there's all these heavy guitars. And, and, and a lot of it was because that album was actually intended to be a deliverance record. And and because uh, it was supposed to be part two of Assimilation. And turned into what it turned into. But it was why intentionally Loss of Balance, the second Fearful Symmetry record, was, um, you know, guitars were removed. Um, and, uh, it's just all synths and I did it that way intentionally to basically snub the metals, the metal heads and, and, and to say, you know, I want to do what I want to do, but again, did it under the name Fearful Symmetry under the name Peter Braun, full anonymity, or at least tried to be. Uh, but then I was stupid and released it under, you know, Retroactive or Rocks or one of these labels that, you know, immediately used the Jimmy P. Brown name to sell anything. 
um, to all, you know, instead of only selling five records, now they're going to sell seven because they put Jimmy B. Brown and Deliverance in there. So, um, so, because uh, none of them listened to me, none of them listened to me that, you know, please don't market this as Deliverance or to as, as, as former Deliverance or anything like that, because it's its own thing. It's, it's, it's something new. Um, same thing with Jupiter six, it got ruined. You know, I, I did it under Peter Braun and, you know, immediately right when it was released, you know, same thing, you know, Jimmy V Brown, the second from deliverance, you know, and yeah, it just happened. So when I embarked on doing, uh, recording my first actual solo album, I played it safe. I did. I played it safe. I decided to reach into the past and go to my favorite album that I'd recorded, which was River Disturbance, recreate the cast and, you know, hire John Knox, hire Manny Morales, and do this album, even pulled an old song out from the archives of what was supposed to be the next Deliverance record, which the, the Deliverance album that was being written prior to the band breaking up in 1996 was called Memoria. And that song that appears on... Um, on Eraserhead um, is what was a Deliverance song. It was written for Deliverance. And um, that's why, for, for those of you musicians, if you notice the tuning's different on that song versus the rest of the record, the whole album's in 440A, and that one's a half step down, which is standard Deliverance tuning. Um, and... Uh, and that's why, because it was intended and, and it didn't sound right to me in 440. So that's why I recorded it that way. But, um, so, um, you know, but I played it safe. I mean, I wanted to work with those guys again. It had been, it had been a long time since I'd played with John Knox and, uh, it'd been a while since I played with Manny. So I, I, you know, cause when Manny came to record the hear what I say album, I was so busy with work that, uh, Annika tracked him, um, you know, the drums, the, the, the guitars, everything was already recorded. Um, we just needed the bass tracks added and, and Manny flew up to, um, to Alabama where I was, where I was at that time. And, um, but I was so busy with work, uh, you know, and Annika had been working at a studio, so she knew how to track and she knew how to record. So she, she recorded Manny for the most part. Um, and, um, so I hadn't jammed or played with Manny in a number of years, probably the last time being, uh, Cornerstone 2001. So, um, it felt good for he, I, and Johnny to be in a room together, jamming and playing. Felt right, felt good. Um, 
Manny had come up a month prior to the, the recording date to work out all the ins and outs of the arrangements and everything with me. And, um, but again, I, I played it safe. And when I mean play it safe is, you know, it's obviously not a fast metal album or anything, but it, for, for the most part, if you listen to it, it's a metal record or a hard rock record. But it's 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 not uh, it's certainly not like a pop album or anything like that. There's you know the the signature distorted guitars and all over it and and I can't get away from that because that's just kind of part of the way I play. That's part of my signature guitar sound. Um, but you know it's in the way you do it. It's in the way of the way you play and how uh, daring you want to get. And, um, I didn't really go that route. I just wanted to make a great album and almost kind of like a, a follow-up to River Disturbance. And, and I think in some ways it, it very much is, um, because it's kind of following along that line. So modern style production, um, but it was kind of old mentality. So I, I, then then after that, you know, you guys know the story. Then I, you know, I start Patreon and I move here. I move back to Las Vegas and, um, and I'm doing the full-time musician thing again. And, um, I start doing cover songs and, you know, my Patreon starts growing and things are cool and I'm having fun. I'm having a blast doing, cause I love doing cover songs, love recording cover songs, uh, whether I keep them traditional, whether I add my own flair to them, or whether if I completely reconstruct it. Um, like, I, I like what I did with the um, the uh, Lauren Daigle song, you know, um, You Say. Um, it, it, just a deconstruction of that song, uh, you know, just in a different style. And part of it was just to pay homage to her, because I just think it's a beautiful song, but... Um, but for the most part, I do uh, cover songs kind of standard, you know, because I, I like it to be as close to the original. Um, um, but even then, I think a lot of that is playing it safe. And, um, and, and, and I think I play it safe because... I'm afraid of treading down any new waters for fear of criticism, for fear of being dismissed, uh, for fear of failure, <laughs> for fear of receiving a ton of those emails like I got of forsaking metal. Yeah. So I woke up yesterday and uh one of my get fiddles my uh my ES339 which is uh, such a sweet pretty guitar and I love playing this thing. And uh well the toggle switch just went uh kablooey about 3 weeks ago. And um I had I had no idea how much it was going to cost to fix. You know, I've, I've never had a toggle switch go out on me 
I mean, I figured, okay, it can't be that much. But this is a semi-hollow guitar, so it's not real easy to work on because there's no, like, back plate and screws that you just take off and you go in there, flip, you know, take the switch out and replace it or whatever. It's it's all having to go through these tiny little F-holes on the front of the guitar, you know, and and because it's a semi-hollow guitar. And... um so it's not a fun process to like swap pickups or change a pot or you know or or, or even the toggle switch it's it's uh, tedious you, you got to know how to do it and you got to have the right tools um and i was like yeah and when it went out i pulled it out of its case uh, to start you know to restring it and play it you know get get all my instruments ready it's time to start recording again uh, after I got canned, uh, from that job. And so, um, and then that thing goes out and I'm like, Oh great. You know, now I have no idea what it's going to cost to get this fixed and whatever. And, um, but I really wanted to use it this week. So I took it yesterday and, um, to go get fixed. And thankfully, yeah, man, it's good to know people, you know, I called my my bud Cody because I'd already called the luthier I work with, and uh, yeah, it was gonna it was gonna be pricey, and uh, it was you know I mean a hundred bucks plus you know because of the work because of the, the tediousness it's no big deal to switch out a switch but because of what they have to do and how they have to do it I mean they got to be like uber super careful. Um, and then I called around town and, you know, a couple other repair shops, you know, just to comparatively shop and yeah, everybody wanted a lot of money, you know, over a hundred bucks. So I called my buddy Cody over at uh, GC Guitar Center and um, I said, hey man, you know, do you know anybody that like, you know, would, you know, you know, cut me a favor, you know, and owe me a, you know, I'd owe them a solid if they could just fix this for me um he said yeah let me talk to the tech here he goes and uh now the old tech i really liked that used to be there but he moved to nashville um at the beginning of the year so um he went ahead and uh they got a new tech and he, <laughs> he wasn't sure about him but i guess now he he felt a little more confident in him the tech said, you know what? I'll do it. And I'll do it. I'll do it for 50 bucks. So I said, okay, I could scrape the 50 bucks together. That's no problem. And, I, and so I went over there and, uh, and he said he'd do it while I waited. So, you know, gave me an opportunity to sit and visit with Cody, um, play some guitars. And, you know, that, that's always a, a big to do on its own, which I'm going to end up shooting a, uh, probably a video there, just a, you know, a little interview with Cody to, to, you know, see what it's like to, you know, what do you look for when you shop and all this other stuff. So it'll be fun. But, um, anywho, um, where was I going? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, the tech, you know, was actually able to save the switch. Um, he tried to explain the technical jargon of, of what it was, cold solder and um, 
um, de- you know, it was oxidized and, you know, because it, it's an older guitar. And, um, but he said, yeah, I was able to take the whole switch apart uh, and just reassemble it and put it back together. And I just resoldered it and got it working, and it's it's working just fine. It's brand new, like like brand new. And and he goes, and I didn't have to replace the switch, which was thankful because um, that's why I was afraid it was going to cost so much. And part of it was because it is a custom shop um, guitar, and um, and um, he was able to save the original part, which was really really cool. And then I asked him. So how how much, you know, since, I mean, that sounded like a lot more than just swapping it, you know, he said no charge. And I was so thankful, you know, I thought that was just so, so cool. Uh, and Cody had arranged that for me. I thought that was really nice. And, um, you know, these guys are just, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's nice to know people. And uh, they just support, you know, the YouTube channel. They support um, um, what I do with the Patreon. And, and, and they know I'm wanting to, you know, finish my second solo album. So, uh, man, I had to buy them some tacos, you know, buy them some lunch. Just, just you know, both because, you know, they just did. That, that was really, really cool. So I bought them some lunch and and I thought that was really cool. Um, but, uh, I, when I woke up though, and I knew I was going to have to take that in and, um, I just said to myself, enough being afraid. I mean, just what do you have to lose? Because over the last few years of doing Patreon, that's my biggest fear is losing people losing patrons um because i'm not doing metal or i'm not doing this or i'm not doing christian music or you know and i always have these fears that overwhelm me and make me make decisions that I don't really want to do. And I decided that if my patrons believe in me, then they believe in me. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. You know, I didn't like every single Bowie album, you know, but I was an avid fan, still am. And he released some albums that to me were sleepers that weren't very good. But I didn't take the album back. I didn't like to say, oh, screw it. I'll download it for free or anything like that. I bought it. I went out and supported it every single effort. And why? Whether I liked it or not. And because I support the artists that I love. And so I'm not going to always release your favorite music. But I have to release what's true to me. And I've been so afraid, so afraid of speaking my mind, saying what I want to say, recording what I want to record, 
releasing what I want to release, all for fear of losing you, the fan, the friend, whatever you want to call yourself or whatever I want to call you. I always call my fans friends because the idea of me having fans is, is a little odd. But so I'd rather just say friend. But you get it. And I don't want to lose anybody over this. So it puts me in a place of being stifled and a place of being not doing what's true to me. And I received some texts last night and they're the same texts, same messages, do deliverance, redo deliverance, re-record this or part two of that. And there's that small part of me that's afraid and wants to retreat and wants to say, yeah, this will make people care about me again. One email that was very, very hateful was just, they said, you know, you are not relevant. You are nothing. <laughs> and, you know, it, it made me laugh. Um, because it's like, okay, number one, why would anybody just do that? You know, just wants to, you know, be, be rude like that. I mean, take the time to write me and say something like that. But so I, I, um, I think to myself, okay, well, so what is relevant? What, what does even the word itself mean? Um, and you know, you, you guys know me. I love to go and look up the, the dictionary. And it says closely connected or appropriate to what is being done or considered. Um, so that's I, so in other words, uh, here's another here's another one appropriate to the current time period or circumstances of contemporary interests. And the example they use in a sentence is critics may find themselves unable to stay relevant in a changing world. So I thought to myself, okay, well, I don't know if necessarily I want to be relevant, but I want to stay true to myself as an artist. And repeating myself for the sake of being afraid has limited what I want to do and limited my creativity. And, you know, people are always going to either love or hate what you do. And that's exactly the response I always want is I want them to love it or I want them to hate it. I don't want them to just be meh in between lukewarm. That is the worst response ever. I mean, the take it or leave it. That's, that's an awful response. I want you to love it or I want you to hate it because those elicited, respo elicited responses are like passionate, you know, take it or leave it just means take it or leave it. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. You know, well, that's a something of no consequence. And I kind of feel like that's where I've been stuck. <sighs> 
for a long, long time. And I woke up with a renewed thing inside of me that said, stop being afraid and just be true to you. So that's where I am. And I want to encourage anybody and everybody out there. I'm sure when you first turned on this podcast, you heard the little advertisement for um, for the company that, that I use here on Spotify um, to uh, put out my podcast, Anchor. And I actually encourage you, if you have a voice and you have something to say, start a podcast. You might be surprised of how many people will actually listen to you and listen to what you have to say. And it might grow and might grow to your beyond your wildest dreams and it might not. But if you're a writer, then write. If you're a musician, then play. If you're a songwriter, then write. If you're a painter, then paint. If you're an artist of any type, sort, do. You have to follow you, your desire, your heart, what it is that is motivating you, that is keeping you alive. Don't be like the the poet said, the man of quiet desperation. Don't be that. You know, be what you were meant to be and stop being afraid. And I think that's what just destroys us. In fact, I know it. It just destroys us as human beings. It's not being who we're supposed to be. Not doing what we want to do. Um, now, if, you, if, if your chosen profession is, you know, professional sleeper or, you know, professional lazy guy, you know, obviously that is not going to get you anywhere. I'm talking about a pursuant of the arts, a pursuant of that career, that choice that you wanted to do, but you were afraid of not making enough money. Uh, the pursuant of this talent that you may have, pursuant of your writing, pursuant, you, you know what I'm getting at. You know, don't wait. You know, the biggest thing that they say that that a person on their deathbed says is, I wish. I wish I'd done it differently. I wish I'd taken another road. I wish I would have done this. Man, the, the, it's not good to leave this world with that. And you never know when your number's up. And... I want to not be afraid anymore and just do what I do. If it's boring, it's boring. If it's exciting, it's exciting. As long as I know that I did my best to put out there what was inside of me. So there's your thought for the day. It took me 40 minutes to get it out there, but there you go. So here endeth episode one 
of season three of The Fractured Brain. You've been listening and I really appreciate it. And I thank you so much for tuning in. And I look so forward to you tuning in next week or maybe midweek. Who knows? It's just whenever the mood strikes me. But at least I try to do a once a week podcast for you. And until next time, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Jeb Abai. This is The Fractured Brain.